Hi, this is Mike from Smashing 50, and in this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about my own experience with alcohol and anxiety, something that I'm sure many of you listening will be able to relate to. So I grew up, I was born in 75, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I was just in a small village in North Wales. Uh, I was at home with my mum and dad and brother. We had a very nice, small, close-knit family. There wasn't particularly any alcohol at home. Uh, we think there may have been some issues with alcohol in generations gone by, which may have been why uh, there wasn't very much alcohol at home. But, uh, you know, I was very much into sports, playing football and running and all, all kinds of things as a, as a youngster. Uh, very health focused and then I had uh, detached retinas when I was 15 years old so I had to have a a 7 hour emergency operation to reattach the retinas and save my sight but that meant that that was the end of any sports I was told that I wasn't allowed to do any sports for about 2 years and so yeah, around this time as well, you know, 15, 16, you are getting into school discos and things like that, getting interested in girls, and me and my mates would experiment with, it was it was all very innocent, experimenting with buying cans of beer and bottles of cider and, what was it, Thunderbird, buying bottles of Thunderbird, blue or red, drinking them around the back of the garages, getting a bit tipsy and there, going out to school discos. Uh, but I didn't really know what to do once I'd finished school and ultimately I, I went to the local college uh, and there was a number of friends there but it was uh, it was such a a great time for music and uh, for you know we got we, we had some great nights out but we really started to drink quite heavily and so for a number of years between about 93 and 95 we were drinking about eight cans of 500 milliliter like carling or something so eight cans of that before we would go out and we did that about three times a week and in between we'd be you know going out for to the pub for just for pints during the afternoon or the evening very much you know college lifestyle uh and but not surprising i kind of dropped out i didn't complete any of my courses and uh at that time as well I got pneumonia and I went to hospital and I remember them asking me how many units of alcohol I drank and when I added it up I think it was between about 80 and 90 units per week that I was drinking when the recommended amount is about 14 so you get an idea of uh, how far over the limit we were but it didn't really feel like it was uh, at that time it didn't really feel like it was too much you know we were just young we were out we were getting drunk a few times a week and I didn't really feel that bad I didn't you know I didn't get hangovers so bad and it just kind of felt quite normal then around uh, 1996 I dropped out of college got a job in a factory and I also joined a band and joining the band meant more alcohol but it also meant I started to smoke a lot of weed Uh, and coupled with the fact that we were not eating 
anything nutritious whatsoever not sleeping very well staying up all night taking speed smoking continuously smoking weed uh, things started to really get bad for my mental health around this time as well out in Chester one night completely drunk I got beaten up by a gang of lads so we were a little group and we got chased and I was so drunk I couldn't run away and they caught me and uh, gave me a good beating but uh, luckily I was so drunk that I didn't actually feel anything And uh, but l- luckily I actually woke up and uh, <coughs> I just had a, a scar above my eye which I still have to this day thanks to the to that alcohol and I remember as well on one particular occasion just after my 21st birthday we'd been out all day long drinking and I was in this little bedsit in Chester and I was alone in this little room and it was the middle of the night and I woke up bolt upright just holding my head which was pounding and I was thinking I need to go to a hospital I have damaged my brain and after that particular session things never really felt the same again uh also around that time I had no idea what I wanted to do I was working in these factories uh, I just felt like a loser I was drinking so much I felt so terrible I was starting to feel anxious and you know I was just like well if drinking alcohol makes me feel better then I should just you know drink more alcohol and so you know things just spiralled into this terrible loop of feeling so so bad feeling so anxious and depressed that the only thing I could do to relieve it was to have a drink and so pretty much every evening we'd uh, you know have a few beers and the anxiety would become more manageable but of course the next morning it was always back with a hangover but then around you know 1998 99 after a few years of you know continuously smoking weed continuously drinking alcohol poor nutrition, poor new sleep, poor sleep, uh, no idea what I was doing, things just got really bad, really bad, and, and I, I started to feel these knots in my stomach, I was so anxious, and it made it almost impossible for me to eat, you know, and I, I'm already a skinny guy, and I lost so much weight, I was just skin and bone, so incredibly anxious, and uh scared and these repetitive thought patterns that I had going round and round and round and round like a building a deep groove uh, and it was just exhausting you know I would just think to myself over and over again why do I feel like this why do I feel so bad when is this ever going to change why do I feel like this why do I feel so bad when is this ever going to change and I couldn't get out of that loop and it was just absolutely exhausting uh, and then on a few occasions, I ended up in hospital having panic attacks. Uh, like a, a friend took me to hospital and, you know, at that time I spoke to my parents about it and said, listen, I'm having problems, uh, I need to get some help. And so I went to a few group sessions and, you know, to talk about anxiety. Um, but there was, there was never really any mention of alcohol. You know, I, I thought maybe that the, the weed was a, a, and the drugs were, were causing it so I, I stopped doing those 
but I never, you know, alcohol was never mentioned, ever. And so, you know, I, I never got to a point where I was suicidal, ever. But at times I did just feel so awful, you know. The, the idea of just going to sleep forever sounded like such a wonderful idea because it was just so exhausting to have these repetitive thoughts going around your head over and over and over again. Uh, but anyway, I managed to drag myself through college again uh, at that point, despite this crippling anxiety I had. You know, in that time at college, because I was older, a lot of my mates had gone. Everything was a lot quieter. Uh I didn't really have many people that I knew there, so I was just going there to study and then going home. I was living with my parents, uh, still very anxious. Um, and But I managed to get accepted into university at Liverpool, which I was about 25 when that happened. And what happens when you get to university? Well, you know, fresh as week, we all go down the pub and start drinking. So uh, my life... And alcohol just continued. Um, then in between my first and second year of university, a friend uh, and me decided to go to Australia. And it was the World Cup in Japan and Korea, 2002, I think. And we decided if we went to the east coast of Australia, we'd be on the same time zone, almost, as Japan and Korea. And we could watch all the games. So we arrived in Sydney pretty much dropped off our bags in the hostel and went out in King's Cross and got absolutely wasted and the the pattern continued throughout the three months we were there we were just watching football and drinking most of the day and traveling driving up the coast we had a great time you know pretty much all of the times I've just discussed were great times Uh, had lots of fun lots of time spent with my friends but all of it was coming at a huge price of my physical and mental health. I was struggling pretty much through all of it. When I got back from Australia, I met uh, my girlfriend who ended up being my wife. Uh, Now, my girlfriend, Silke, she's from Germany. So (laughs) I used to head over to Germany to go and hang out with her and of course the Germans love a drink and they have some great beers as well so I continued to drink and uh, although my time in Australia and meeting Silka had given me more confidence I wasn't taking any you know taking any drugs or smoking any weed so my anxiety levels had become more man- more manageable and being with Silka she was great for uh, she knew what I was going through uh, and she really helped me to to get through some of those dark days. Um, and then we moved in together uh, after I finished university, uh, and we kind of settled down a little bit, and I got my first job, which I loved. It was in a little uh, design studio in Liverpool, and, you know, the anxiety was still getting better, but working in a design agency, the typical thing we would do after work was hit the pub, and have four or five pints you know so the drinking just continued so this had been from you know when I was 17 18 years old and here I am in uh, 2005 you know 30 years old now and still that's 12 years 
I've just been drinking almost continuously. Um, everything changed massively in 2009 when Silka and I quit our jobs and decided to do a 12-month around-the-world backpacking trip. And it was truly awesome. But again, backpacking lifestyle was heavily focused around meeting people and drinking. And, at, you know, by the end of that trip, you know, I did really start to feel like I'd managed to conquer my demons. I was feeling better than I had done in a long time. And uh, not long after we got back to the UK, we got married. Well, and that was a hangover, I can tell you. Anyway, we sold all... After we married, we did a crazy thing. Instead of buying a house and settling down, we sold everything. We asked people for money uh, instead of gifts for our wedding. And we sold everything we had and we disappeared on a never-ending voyage, if you like. And and we flew off to Thailand and decided we were going to work as digital nomads long before it was ever a thing. And we travelled around the world for about three, three and a half years, I think. And... Uh, it was just a wonderful time, absolutely fantastic. And I thought by that point I was long over my anxiety. But after three and a half years of travelling, you know, we weren't at that point. We weren't. Re there was just the two of us, and you know, occasionally we'd meet, uh, go out and meet friends. So we weren't drinking an awful lot, uh, but we were still, you know, having beers and things like that. Uh, and I thought, you know. I've got over this anxiety thing. But after, you know, three and a half years travelling, we decided enough was enough and we decided to move to Barcelona and we'd make that our permanent or semi-permanent home and start a family. But not long after we arrived in Barcelona and we found out we were pregnant, there was a real kind of depressing mood hanging around we had like the brexit political situation uh donald trump uh and all of these things were starting to play on my mind plus the fact that i was about to become a dad and as you know <laughs> i hadn't really we'd had these amazing times traveling and uh, we didn't really make that much money. We, we had a great life. We had a great time traveling, but we didn't really make that much money. And now I had the prospect of being a father. And there was something about that and the fact that how was I going to provide for my son? How was I going to provide for my family? And things started all of a sudden to get back to that repetitive thought in my mind and I was like oh no here we go again the anxiety is back and uh, yes so there I am the, my son comes along everything's great uh, but I've got this kind of anxiety start coming back to me that's really start, starting to nag me again and at this point as well I've really damaged my lower back and so you know <laughs> I was 40 years old with a with a young kid uh, in a strange city physically and mentally financially I felt really weak and I was like oh my god what am I doing but still in the background there was always alcohol and I'd never paid it 
any attention other than you know it's alcohol alcohol is there it's like air and water right it's what we do as humans we we you know as adults we drink alcohol that's just what we do i wasn't thinking that alcohol is any part of the problem um and so of course when you have a kid we weren't really drinking that much we you know because it's horrible to have a hangover when you've got a, a toddler uh but then when my son was about three or four years old uh 2019 it was it was my birthday uh my brother was getting married so he was having an engagement party we decided that silka and the baby should stay here i'd fly over go to the party fly back the next day and i promised myself i wouldn't get so drunk but you know all the friends are there all the family's there the bar's open and i got leathered i got steaming drunk so it was going okay and but we got a round of drinks in and then a taxi arrived to some friends and they said yeah mike just there you can have these if you want and it was like three pints of guinness and uh, and i'd already had about four pints and so i drank those three pints of guinness and that tipped me over the edge and then i was walking around the party the bar was about to close so i was grabbing bottles of wine off tables and just drinking what i could and my niece was there who was about 13 or 14 at the time and my future sister-in-law her kids were there as well and they were all kind of young teenagers and i thought you know i'll entertain them and started inhaling helium balloons and you know making a fool of myself and the next morning i woke up and despite the fact that i had this incredible hangover i just thought what an absolute fool what kind of role model am i to my niece and to those kids what an absolute idiot i was last night and you know to add insult to injury i then had to travel to liverpool get onto an aeroplane and fly back to barcelona which was hell on earth really if you've ever tried to move when you've got a hangover you have to get on a plane it's uh, excruciating and so that was at the end of september in 2019 and then October rolled around a few days later just got over the hangover and I read somewhere on Facebook or something you can do sober October so I thought well that sounds like a good idea why don't I try and go a month without alcohol so I tried I never I, I never considered myself to be an alcoholic ever um, as far as I was concerned, I was a middle-of-the-road drinker who drank the same as everyone else did. You know, a few pints after work here, a few pints after work there, a few cans at home, a bottle of wine at home. It was nothing out of the ordinary. Of course, those early years when we were really smashing it when we were in college and university. university. But, uh, you know, everyone does that, right? So it felt like I had a pretty normal relationship with alcohol. I wasn't anything out of the ordinary. I definitely wasn't an alcoholic. Uh, but, you know, alcohol had been a part of my life pretty much on a, if not a nightly, you know, a f at least four times a week 
for 26 years. So to go a month without drinking was pretty tough. Uh, but I managed to get through it. And after I'd done the whole of October, I thought, that was fantastic. And I'm starting to feel a lot better. I'm sleeping better. I'm not as grumpy. I f- I'm more focused. I'm getting more productive. I feel a bit happier. Um, and so I decided, hang on a minute. Why don't I try and go in November and December as well and do to the end of the year? So I tried to do three months and I did three months. I went to the end of 2019. And then at the end of those three months, I had a glass of champagne at New Year's Eve and celebrated New Year's Eve like, you know, everyone else. But it was just one glass. And I was like, you know, I've just done three months without alcohol. And I had a crazy idea. Why don't I try and not drink for an entire year of 2020? So I decided to try to not drink for the entire uh, entirety of 2020, which turned out to be the year that we all got locked down and pandemics and all of those kind of things, which I think turned out to be a, a godsend, really, because, you know, all the pubs were closed, all the bars were closed. Uh, there wasn't any socialising and the worst thing I can think of actually would have been to be at home stuck at home with a four year old and drinking and so I I didn't drink for the whole of of 2020 Uh, and by the end of 2020 I was feeling so good I felt that there was no need to go back to alcohol I didn't have any reason to go back to it at all and I realised that it was just, you know, it was just as harmful for me as the the cannabis had been. And it's just that nobody, nobody talks about alcohol. It's so widely accepted as part of society that it's just what you do. Drinking alcohol is just what you do. And it's not, you know, nobody despite the fact that it is a poison that it destroys lives it destroys your mental health it destroyed my mental health it caused me all kinds of anxiety and problems for a number of years and it wasn't until I decided to take that short break from alcohol for a month then three months and then a year and now here I am I haven't drank alcohol apart from a few blips here and there where I've had a glass of wine or whatever a wedding or um, I have not drank any alcohol now for three years and three months and I can honestly say that I feel despite the fact that I'm full of cold today but uh, I feel as fit healthy and strong as I've ever done mentally physically and I truly believe that Alcohol has been a major, major problem for, you know, destroying huge parts of my life. I've wasted so much money, so much time, so much effort and energy. Of course, when you're young and you're having fun, you think it's perfectly normal. But by the time you get to those, these middle ages, oh man, 
it. The best thing I ever did was to quit alcohol. I think, you know, touch wood, you never know. Anxiety can always come back. But without alcohol in my life and, you know, for everything that I've been through, I'm pretty sure these days that without alcohol, the anxiety will stay away and I'll continue to grow. You know, now that I've gone on this personal development journey as well, personal growth and, and really getting interested in becoming my best self uh, and getting back to that kid pre-eye operation, you know, who was really interested in health and fitness and doing the best that he could. Um, so here I am, now aged 47, uh, getting back into that, training as much as I can, eating as well as I can, I'm sleeping really well, trying to become the best dad that I can be and, uh, and build a life that I can be proud of. So, uh, so that was my short story about alcohol, anxiety, and I truly believe that leaving alcohol behind has been the best thing that I've ever done. <laughs>